Coming up on Out of the Blue from MTSU, we explore our new interactive media major. We discover the university's sleep research consortium, and we learn about our new academic concentration in professional selling. I'm Andrew Ottman, and this is Out of the Blue. Interactive media is without a doubt one of the most advanced forms of communication out there, and depending upon the platform, it offers layers of interaction to give users an active role in content. The internet, social media, video games, and apps, those are only the beginning of what our students are exploring in the new major of interactive media in the College of Media and Entertainment. Here to talk about all these great, amazing possibilities is Dr. Stephanie Dean, an associate professor in our Department of Media Arts. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. So what a great major. What a great cutting edge advanced major. Tell me the elevator pitch for why a student should major in interactive media. What I tell our students when they come to us is we are the cutting edge of new media. We aren't new media because new media is now old media. We are <laughs> the bleeding edge of what's happening online now and that's changing constantly. So if you're interested in apps um, and the user design behind the apps, if you're interested in VR, if you're interested in the way YouTube is being used, how it changes now that they've changed their monetization system, anything that's happening that you can interact with online is what our students are learning to take to the uh, B2B community to help them do well. Interactive media, just to find exactly what interactive media is. Yeah, interactive media is, like I said, anything you can interact with. So we have a class in social media, but if you think about how many different classes we have in our major, that's one um, alternative that students can take or a path that they can take. They can also go into gaming, not game design, but gamification of things, mm. where if you have um, an app, if you want to find the best camping place on a cross-country road trip. You can check into places sort of like they did in Foursquare, like however you want to get people engaged in working with stuff and gamify it, we're teaching students those skills. Have you ever had an app where you're really frustrated, I have to click five times before I get to the information that I want to get to? Absolutely. We're teaching them how to go through that user design process so people don't get frustrated by the fifth click and say, you know, there's a better app out there, I'm going to download this one instead. We're teaching them how to do the analysis behind the different apps and the different interactive media because building things is cool, but if we don't know why we're building it and why we're using the new toys, then they're just new toys. What you just described is really important because it's more than entertainment. Oftentimes we start into these conversations thinking it's just a game, but mm -hmm. truly you're trying to either inform people, sell people, mm -hmm. uh, connect people to reach certain ideas and yeah. perspectives. Yeah. So when you're approaching a student what type of skills should they uh, want or need or be proficient in to be very good in interactive media? You have to be insatiably curious um, and willing to try new things and willing to not have a roadmap or a guidebook or a manual or a rubric in front of your face all the time. You have to be willing to say, okay, I'm going down this path and that didn't work, so let me go down this path. We're, we're truly entrepreneurial students and learners constantly and I, I consider myself one as well because if you are constantly on the bleeding edge my job is to be learning constantly so I can teach that and then the feedback loop you get with the students is really powerful. So they're really creating the concepts that would be into practice there's no roadmap on a lot no, of this stuff, right? No. You know, one of the things that uh, when we last saw each other, we were we were in the Miller Education Center, yeah. and you said, you gotta see this. And I walked into this room, and here was this 
large dome that you'd put together, and I mean large, I mean you could, 20 by 24, I think. And, and yeah. you, you, you call it, I had to write it down, the Immersive Storytelling Lab. Yes. Just describe that, that is just sure. really yeah. fascinating. I ended up in Sweden for almost a decade and a half where I was part of a digital humanities lab called Home Lab, and we had you know sister schools all over. We worked with the Stanford, um, some of the Stanford labs, we worked with Duke, we worked with CUNY, so we had some really great cross-collaborations. And it was a place where we brought together artists, theorists, and uh, coders. We would see what we could make. In fact, the favorite, my favorite thing I ever heard one of our coders say is, let's see how we can break this. And I'm like, yeah, that's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and when I moved to MTSU, I missed that collaboration. I missed that like engagement and passion that everyone coming together and building something and, and trying to kind of knock down silos and knock down barriers and knock down walls. And I thought, well, if it's not here and I'm missing it, let's build it. I mean, that's, that's what our coder said. Let's see how we can break this mm -hmm. thing. We looked for the red thread that would hold, that kind of holds all of our disciplines together and we tell stories. So we want to come together and bring this cross collaboration and these currents to build stories that we can immerse the user or the person experiencing it in. Uh, so we've been working on it. We've had a huge generous grant from ITD. We also had a huge grant from the Dean of College of Media Entertainment that when we pitched him this idea, he said, yes, we're all in, let's do this thing. Um, we were donated this zip tie dome, which is, I think it's 20 by 24, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's giant. And everybody just gets it. Like, as soon you, as they walk in, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, this is what we're doing. So what do you do in that dome? What, what we, actually takes place there in that dome? So that dome itself is an audio dome. So there's 24 speakers around it and you can go into it. Um, we've got this amazing grad student, Michael, who's going out and recording symphonies, recording basketball games here, recording all this gorgeous um, audio. And you can walk around this dome and if you're in one area, it sounds like you're in one part of that space. And if you're in another area, it's spatially, spatially localized sound. Mm -hmm. And then what he's doing is learning the algorithms to make that and to make it um, sound amazing. And then we put that into our VR pieces. So one of the things I really admire about the College of Media and Entertainment is how connected the different disciplines are, particularly in media arts. You've got what you're doing, animation, all the video work. How does that all combine? And isn't that pretty cool and unusual and neat that those yeah. all those things come together? Every year we have this State of the College address where we hear what everyone's doing. And we get regular emails about what everyone's doing and we collaborate, but every Every year, every fall that I hear that, I just sit back and go, oh my gosh, we're doing such cool things. I cannot believe we're doing all these really neat things. And we are, we're, you know, we just had the Grammy thing happen. We've got animation um, working with the history department who's programming slave dwellings right now. So you can walk through and these have never been mapped before. Mm. But our students had to learn what they look like, what scale they are, and then to program them into a HoloLens so you can actually put this HoloLens on your face and walk around them. And that's so cool. That's such a neat way of interacting um, history with animation. Mm -hmm. So yes, we have so many neat things happening in our college and, and we do like to collaborate because out in the real world, that's what we do. We all have to work together. Well, absolutely. Interactive media. Stephanie, thank you for telling us all about it. Thank you. Thank and you for having We appreciate you coming on Out of the Blue. Thanks. We'll be right back. Your MTSU Alumni Association has a goal of placing this pin on the lapel of all those who call this campus theirs. Let's pass that tradition on. Let's pass it on. Don't underestimate me. Don't count me out. Don't limit my potential. 
Don't block my runway. We are Middle Tennessee State University. I exceed expectations. I work harder than the rest. I set the tone. I still serve with honor. I go the distance. I am true blue. I am true blue. As a member of this diverse community, I am a valuable contributor to its progress and success. I am engaged in the life of this community. I'm a recipient and a giver. I'm a listener and a speaker. I am honest in word and deed. I am committed to reason, not violence. I am a learner. Now and forever. I am a Blue Raider. I am a Blue Raider. I'm a Blue Raider. True Blue. Pass the tradition on. Pass the tradition on. want the advantages of a major university with the Ivy League experience of an honors college? What you're looking for is right in front of you. Middle Tennessee State University's beautiful campus is home to over 140 majors taught in state-of-the-art facilities. Our undergraduates get hands-on experience working alongside a highly respected and caring faculty. Take a closer look. Become True Blue. Middle Tennessee State University offers more than 100 master's and doctoral degrees designed for working professionals. Many of MTSU's graduate programs are offered partially or completely online. More information is available at mtsu.edu graduate. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. I'm Andrew Oppmann. The university's new Sleep Research Consortium was formed this past year to perform research and increase public awareness about how important sleep is to our very existence, our health, and our well-being. It's an academic partnership between MTSU, the Sleep Centers of Middle Tennessee, and a growing group of community partners. And it is the brainchild of Cynthia Chafin, the Associate Director of the Center for Health and Human Services here on our, on our campus. Thank you. Well, welcome to Out of the Blue. Thank you so much. I've got to say I'm very interested and committed to this story. I'm a patient of the Sleep Centers of Middle Tennessee, and with the urging of friends and family, I finally went in, diagnosed with sleep apnea and being treated for it with a CPAP. And I really applaud the fact that you're trying to bring awareness to this. I've been on kind of a one-man campaign about this too, because I do think that people fail to recognize how serious a problem this is. Can you get into a little of that? Why is this a health concern to so many people? Well, sleep uh, is connected to a variety of health conditions. A lot of times people don't really even know uh, just how impacting sleep can be. There are various chronic conditions, heart disease, cancers, uh, all sorts of conditions, obesity, it's all interrelated. And a lot of times people don't know that. And that was part of our mission and goal of uh, starting this organization was to bring out more awareness on that. But to do that, we first needed to do some research. Well, let's talk about the type of research that the consortium is doing. What are the things and the projects you're engaged in and, and what are you hoping to achieve? 
The first thing that we did, how we got involved in this was Dr. Uh, Bill Noah brought us a set of data and some things that he had been working on and asked us if we could assist him in developing a research plan. So we started down that path and one of the first things that we noted was this tremendous data set that he had. It's a data set that consists of uh, over 14,000 patient CPAP usage data as well as electronic health records. To the best of our knowledge, there is not a another data set in the nation that's this large wow. and it covers a 10-year span and having a data set that large there are multiple avenues that you could take with that as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, Gabe Tobin is a PhD student in computational science and he has put tremendous effort into uh, looking at this data with uh, some of the other faculty over there in his area. The first thing that we looked at was CPAP compliance because that was a big set of the data, uh, that was a big component of what we had. And we wanted to find out if CPAP machines that were provided by physicians had greater compliance rates than those that were provided by what they called, uh, they're called DMEs, durable medical equipment companies. If you are a Medicaid or Medicare patient, a physician is not allowed to provide or sell a CPAP machine to you. It has to be through a DME, but there's a subset of patients who aren't on Medicare or Medicaid mm -hmm. and they can have theirs from a physician. So we wanted to see if there was a difference and there was a difference. The duration of sleep in patients who had a machine that was prescribed by a physician was 4.4 hours per night versus 3.3 for a DME. Also, uh, at the 12-month mark, there were significantly more patients that were continuing to use that CPAP, 73% versus 45. So we were able to determine that uh, physicians providing that equipment were uh, getting better results than the equipment that was provided from a DME. And a lot of that, it's supported by other research. It's that physician-patient interaction, and they're not gonna get that with um, with a DME company. And this is important because at the national level, uh, the, the law that prevents physicians from being able to provide that equipment, we may be able to do something about that mm -hmm. because if somebody's health is not going to be improved as much as it would be if they're getting it elsewhere, that, that's important. We, we care about people's health. That's the mission of our center here on campus. And if there's a policy that can be uh, tweaked or changed or uh, somehow modified that will impact ultimately somebody's health, we want to be a part of that. I know my device, and I'm, uh, I'm assuming the devices that you are capturing the data from, they are really small computers. They're, they're constantly not only recording uh, the one-time usage data, they're compiling that data into a trend mm -hmm. that I can download from my phone and actually see how my performance is doing in sleep. So capturing that data for 14,000 patients over such a broad period of time, Talk about the uniqueness of just having that diversity, that depth of data, and, and the opportunities beyond the project you just mentioned to explore it. There are different definitions of what is compliant, what is a compliant patient. Mm -hmm. um, again, we go back to Medicare and Medicaid. They say that if a patient uses the equipment for four hours, and there are some other pieces to that definition, uh, but in terms of duration, if they use it for four hours, then they're compliant. 
Well, if you look at other research studies, re they say, uh, researchers say four to six is what should be considered compliant. And you can see where there's some disconnect there. And that also can, uh, can result in a difference in health outcomes. Not included in that data set, but something uh, that we're also working on as part of the uh, consortium, which is actually about to get started up again. Some research was being done on student athletes and sleep apnea and it was meant to be a 10-year study. That was before the consortium was formed. So here we are at the 10-year mark and the consortium is gonna be involved in that, trying to go back to these same athletes and collect new data on them and figure out a variety of different things, what's changed in their health over the last 10 years sleep-wise. Other, other things will be looked at as well. Talk to me about the sleep centers of Middle Tennessee and how important it is to have a, a partner like that as part of this process. They are just a wonderful partner to work with. They benefit uh, from the expertise we have here at the university. I mentioned earlier uh, Gabe Tobin and his uh, capabilities of working with data. We're also going to be working with the Data Science Institute. We've had multiple people on campus. Office of Research has been uh, involved in this. We're able to provide a lot to them. They are able to uh, bring to us research opportunities. It's a win-win uh, opportunity for everybody. They've been wonderful partners to work with and we're really looking forward to continuing the work on these projects and who knows what's mm -hmm. next. We'll be looking for some funding uh, to do some things with, uh, with our findings and the, the future's very bright. Well, Cynthia, another great story about how MTSU is helping change lives for the better. We appreciate you coming on Out of the Blue. Thank you very much. And we'll be right back. Your MTSU Alumni Association has a goal of placing this pin on the lapel of all those who call this campus theirs. Let's pass that tradition on. Let's pass it on. Don't underestimate me. Don't count me out. Don't limit my potential. Don't block my runway. We are Middle Tennessee State University. I exceed expectations. I work harder than the rest. I set the tone. I still serve with honor. I go the distance. I am True Blue. I am True Blue. As a member of this diverse community, I am a valuable contributor to its progress and success. I am engaged in the life of this community. I'm a recipient and a giver. I'm a listener and a speaker. I am honest in word and deed. I am committed to reason, not violence. I am a learner. Now and forever. I am a Blue Raider. I am a Blue Raider. I'm a Blue Raider. True Blue. Pass the tradition on. Pass the tradition on. Pass it on! Do you want the advantages of a major university with the Ivy League experience of an honors college? What you're looking for is right in front of you. Middle Tennessee State University's beautiful campus is home to over 140 majors taught in state-of-the-art facilities. Our undergraduates get hands-on experience, working alongside a highly respected and caring faculty. Take a closer look 
Become True Blue. Don't underestimate me. Don't count me out. Don't limit my potential. Don't block my runway. We are Middle Tennessee State University. I exceed expectations. I work harder than the rest. I set the tone. I still serve with honor. I go the distance. I am True Blue. Middle Tennessee State University offers more than 100 master's and doctoral degrees designed for working professionals. Many of MTSU's graduate programs are offered partially or completely online. More information is available at mtsu.edu graduate. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. I'm Andrew Ottman. The Jones College of Business now offers a major in marketing with a concentration in professional selling. Now this helps our students develop skills in oral and written communication, relationship development, self-confidence, critical thinking, and problem solving. All of these skills are necessary for sales representatives, account managers, and sales managers in all sorts of industries. Assistant Professor Lucy Matthews joins us on Out of the Blue to talk about this great brand new concentration. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. So the first question is, why did we create this and what does it offer that we haven't offered previously? Well, so we have offered a number of sales classes in the past, but what this does is allows the students an opportunity to showcase all of these wonderful hands-on learning classes that we have to offer. Puts it on their diploma. Um, in addition, you know, we really looked at a number of different reports, particularly coming out of Tennessee Higher Education Commission, showing that there's definitely a demand for this. They anticipate in the upcoming years over 4,000 sales positions coming on board each year. Um, also, sales is ranked as the number eight um, highest demand job mm -hmm. opportunity out there. Finally, we looked at other other universities and found that of the 4,000 universities that are in the United States, less than 100 have any kind of um, sales concentration course major. So we felt that it was definitely an area that we could focus on, that there's not a lot of um, other universities fulfilling this. That's amazing. And you know, when, when President McPhee and Provost Burns talk about ready to work degree programs, so few universities offering this kind of focus. I know. When you've got this many jobs out there. Absolutely. So what do employers want in, in, in students that have these kind of uh, skills and background? What are you helping them find? Well, we definitely do a lot of the hands-on application. We give them the exposure. And one of the things that employers have really enjoyed about um, students who've had some type of Salesforce training is that they have an idea of what type of a position they're getting into. The Jones College just does a fantastic job of really preparing people for real world experiences. How do you help students gain that type of knowledge to know that that's what's necessary and build the confidence to proceed in those areas? Well, <laughs> through a lot of hard knocks. Right. We, we have a professional sales lab, actually. It's the Mel Adams State Farm um, Professional Sales Lab, and we have our students go in in our professional selling class 
and we make them go in front of the cameras and mm -hmm. they they do some role plays so it's not just learning about the steps to the sales call but we actually have them try it out and um, then they have to go back probably even worse than having to record is they have to go back and watch themselves wow <laughs> and assess themselves so throughout the course you know they'll learn a little bit more they go and take a hand at it and go back and see you know what could i do better dean urban always talks about how he's trying to bust the mold where people would major just in business and not quite understand exactly what they wanted to achieve in business. Professional selling really kind of digs into something saying, okay, I want to learn more about this aspect of business and, and gives me that kind of confidence to proceed, right? Absolutely. And, you know, there are so many salespeople. We get students taking some of our sales classes, you know, even from concrete industries. Mm -hmm. We get the finance people going into have an interest in real estate or insurance. We get a lot of people coming over. And so they're selling in a number of different things. There's a lot of technical sales. We have students that have an interest in you know, healthcare, medical device type of sales. So it really is just like this initial launch pad, but it can go a number of different areas mm -hmm. um, as well. So we're really excited to be able to offer, you know, those, those tools in order to get them started. We talked about ready to work degree programs and how we're trying to create the programs that are responsive to what the industry wants. There's a backstory on how this program got created, right? Can you yes, share that? Sure. So we've had a number of local businesses that have worked with us in our sales programs, our sales classes that we've had going up until we had the concentration, particularly, you know, Federated Insurance has been coming in and working with us. We've also had Enterprise works with us, State Farm, um, and as well as Jackson Financial. But we had one particular individual, his name is Jamie No. He is the founder and um, CEO of Insurance Group of America. And he came and said, you know, hey, I love how you guys have helped me find the right students and everything, but how can I make this bigger and have a bigger impact for more students? And um, he said, you know, what do you guys wanna do? And he was able to come in and provide us with some sponsorship that has allowed us to go ahead and create an advisory board and get mm -hmm. the director in place. So that way it was, we were able to go ahead and start the concentration. So we are extremely thankful for him as well as the other sponsors to our program that have helped us be able to launch this and you know now get that designation for students, which I think helps set them apart from other graduates coming out of, you know, out of a, a standard program, again, because there's so few sales programs in the United States. That's terrific. Now, we, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, you've got four required courses in the concentration. Can you go through those real fast for me, what sure. those four are? Yeah. So the initial class that students generally take is professional selling. Mm -hmm. um, then they also take advanced selling, so kind of continue on what we learned in the first class. Um, then supplemental classes to the concentration are business to business, uh, focusing on relationships and really understanding you know, what it means. And then finally, sales management. It's hard for people to get experience being a sales manager, but in that class, we do a simulation where students have to make managerial decisions as if they are running um, have their own sales force that they're running. So they have to make hiring and firing decisions. They're deciding on territories and deciding on how to allocate bonuses. So it's um, you know, definitely a very hands-on. And like you said, we, we try to make it as, as ready to work mm -hmm. as, as what we can, mm -hmm. giving the, the students those skills that they need. 
you mentioned prior to that there's a there's competition like an enterprise sales uh, competition is that where i can kind of engage a little bit more of that experience in a different venue oh for sure so again that introductory sales class the students go down into our sales lab um, and we actually use a real scenario enterprise has been nice enough to um, sponsor that we run them through pretending as if they're an enterprise business to business salesperson. So we've created kind of a, an actual scenario as if they're selling their fleet car maintenance program as well as their preferred customer program. We give them enough details and then have them go in and then enterprise actually comes in at the very end of the class oh. and determine who's our, our top candidates and there's actually scholarships with that. So yeah, how many classes can we say here at MTSU that you can actually yeah. win some money out of learning your coursework? Well, Lucy, this is been a great conversation. We appreciate you coming on Out of the Blue and telling us all about the professional selling concentration in the Jones College of Business. Thank you for having me. And this does wrap up another edition of Out of the Blue. You can find more stories and videos about the campus 24 hours a day by visiting our website, mtsunews.com. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for additional special content. I'm Andrew Ottman, and I hope you will always remain true blue. Out of the Blue is broadcast on Murfreesboro Cable Channel 9, Monday through Sunday, 7 a.m. and 7.30 p.m. News Channel 5 Plus and MTSU student station, MT10. It's also available on other cable outlets in Middle Tennessee, so check your local listings. Out of the Blue is a production of MTSU's Division of Marketing and Communications and MTSU Audiovisual Services in the College of Education. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.